Hey guys, it's Jazz here with another episode of Daily Journey with Christ. And today we're going to continue our series and finish off the book of 2 Corinthians as we read chapters 12 and 13. If some of you are following along for the last while, you will notice that I have taken a few days off from recording and part of this is due to not feeling well and school and just life has got in the way and I know that some of us always feel this with the overwhelming, the chaos. And this morning I was driving to school and every morning I drive to school, I actually am listening to this podcast of my own, not my podcast, but I'm listening to a podcast in the morning that is about um, strengthening your faith as a Christian. And so one thing is I was inspired this morning as this, and I realized that I need to change my priorities of my day is I need to be thankful uh, for Christ. And the one thing that the podcast actually said this morning that has stuck with me today is the Bible was not given to us for information. It was given to us for our transformation in building a relationship with Christ. And that was kind of my like wake up call in a way to be like, go back to reading your Bible as much as you can. And so I have reprioritized my night and here I am. And I want to continue and get back on track to where I was is I know it's easy to let everyday life just get in our way. And I think what's important is to realize that we're all human. We start sometimes putting Jesus to the side. And I think it's important that we always remember and prioritize Jesus as much as we can in our life. So I'm going to try to keep it back on track best I can here and prioritize my time with Christ um, in his word. But for now, let's dive into 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. This boasting will do no good, but I must go on. I will reluctantly tell you about visions and revelations from the Lord. I was caught up with the third heaven 14 years ago. Whether I was in my body or out of my body, I don't know. Only God knows. Yes, only God knows whether I was in my body or outside my body. But I do know that I was caught up in the caught up to paradise and heard things so astounding that they cannot be expressed in words, things no human is allowed to tell. That experience is worth boasting about, but I'm not going to do it. I will boast only about my weakness. If I wanted to boast, I would not be a fool in doing so, because I would be telling the truth. But I won't do it, because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message even though I've received such wonderful revelations from God. So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged of the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You have made me act like a fool. You ought to be writing commendations for me. For I am not at all inferior to these super apostles, even though I am not at all. When I was with you, I certainly gave you proof that I am an apostle. For I patiently did many signs and wonders and miracles among you. The one thing I failed to do, which I do in the other churches, was to become a financial burden to you. Please forgive me of this wrong. Now, I am coming to you for the third time, and I will not be a burden to you. I don't want what you have, I want you. 
After all, children don't provide for their parents. Rather, parents provide for their children. I was gladly spend myself and all I have for you, even though it seems that I, mo- even though it seems that the more I love you, the less you love me. Some of you admit I was not a burden to you, but others will think I was sneaky and took advantage of you by trickery. But how? Did any of the men I sent to you take advantage of you? When I urged Titus to visit you and sent our other brother with him, did Titus take advantage of you? No, for we have the same spirit and walk in each other's steps, doing things the same way. Perhaps you think we're saying these things just to defend ourselves. No, we tell you this as Christ's servants and with God as our witness. Everything we do, dear friends, is to strengthen you. For I am afraid that when I come, I won't like what I find and you won't like my response. I'm afraid that I will find quarreling, jealousy, anger, selfishness, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorderly behavior. Yes, I'm afraid that when I come again, God will humble me in your presence, and I will be grieved because many of you have not given up your old sins. You have not repented of your impurity, sexual immorality, and eagerness for lustful pleasure. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 This is the third time I am coming to visit you. I have already warned those who had been sinning when I was there on my second visit. Now again, warn them and all others, just as I did before. The next time, I will not spare them. I will give you all the proof you want that Christ speaks through me. Christ is not weak when he deals with you. He is powerful among you. Although he was crucified in weakness, he now lives by the power of God. We too are weak, just as Christ was. But when we deal with you, we will be alive with him and will have God's power. Examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. As you test yourselves, I hope you will recognize that we have not failed the test of a apostolic authority. We pray to God that you will not do what is wrong by refusing our correction. I hope we won't need to demonstrate our authority when we arrive. Do the right thing before we come, even if that makes it look like we have failed to demonstrate our authority. For we cannot oppose the truth, but must always stand for the truth. We are glad to seem weak if it helps show that you are actually strong. We pray that you will become mature. I'm writing this to you before I come, hoping that I won't need to deal severely with you when I do come. For I want to use the authority the Lord has given me to strengthen you, not to tear you down. Dear brothers and sisters, I close my letter with these last words. Be joyful, grow to maturity, encourage each other, live in harmony and peace. Then the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet each other with a sacred kiss. All of God's people here send you their greetings. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And that is 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and 13. And that actually concludes our journey through 2 Corinthians. And I think the nice thing about these letters is we have to remember is that Paul's writing these to the people of the church. But we have to remember when we're reading reading the 
reading scripture is this still applies to us today is Paul might have been writing this to the church in Corinth, but in today's age, we can be the church of Corinth. And I think that's what's important to remember is when you're doing your readings is to always um, put yourselves into the story. Because if we're just looking at it, we're looking at it with um, binoculars. I think I think the saying I learned the other day was, you're looking with binoculars and not with a mirror. And I think that's important is you need to look at it in your reflection. And I think this is really important to realize, like, even though this is um, Paul saying he's coming to these people for judgment, and we have in the Bible, we know that Christ is going to come back for us for our judgment day. And we have to have our hearts pure and genuine. And if that means putting ourselves first and growing that relationship with God, I think that's what's really important. So, Whatever that means for you to grow with Christ, if that means reading your Bible a day, if that means going on a walk and talking to God, whatever brings you close to God, I think that's what I take away personally from uh, Second Corinthians is reflecting on who I am in the kingdom of Christ. I love how Second Corinthians ends here as it tells us um, that we want to live in harmony and peace. We want to be joyful. We want to grow in maturity. And I think this is a really important thing is maturity because just because someone grows up in the church does not mean that they're mature in their relationship with Christ is it's easy enough to just follow along and see Christ, but it's different to have that relationship with Christ. So I remember with one of my life coaches I have is she actually had mentioned to me the one day, she's like, there is Christianity, um, maturity. So you have like your infant, you have a toddler, you have an adult, you have a teenager, and it's the stage that you are in your relationship with Christ. And when I started, I will admit, I was down here. I was like, who is God? Who is this? Like, who's this power who's supposed to like rule the earth? And at the end of the day is it, don't get me wrong. It took me a while to actually be like, no, this, this person and this creature and this infinite power actually is why I'm here today and ha- gave, has given me purpose to realize like there's so much to this world and nothing just comes out of it, nothing. And like there's so much things, even though like people will argue about Christ and there's so much things in this world to back it up. And so it's just my recommendation to you all is dive into God's word, prioritize it in your day. Because if you prioritize Christ, it will help yourself, help your everyday mood, help you with school, help you with your everyday life of school. And I think that's one thing I've been slacking on personally, is just not prioritizing God. And with finals coming up with school is I want to be able to make, I want to be able to put Christ first through this stressful time of school finals and coming to the holidays. And because I'm staying here on the lower mainland and my family's not here. And so um, I don't know exactly what I'm doing for the holidays yet, but I know that Christ will guide me and put me with the people I'm supposed to be in. That's what my prayer is to all of you today is just putting it out there that Christ is with you no matter what, even when you're feeling alone. But that concludes today's message. As usual, I conclude it off with a fact. And one thing that I've been trying to work on personally in the last while is my own self-care mindfulness and just growing a relationship with God and I know I've slacked here and there and we're all human we're going to slack but coming back is what's most important and one thing I did for my self-care today is I actually went and got a massage and a facial 
and I have never had a facial, so that was a whole different category of its own, but a full body massage, it can actually like take so much stress off of you that you didn't even know you had. And so I recommend that if you have that extra bit of money or you want to save for that something, save for this full body massage because it just, it relaxes you in ways you didn't even know your body could relax. And so that's what I decided to look into tonight was like some facts about massage and what massage can actually do for your body. And I actually got a couple of these facts from this website. Um, It's actually from a massage program college. And so one thing that here um, is there are over 80 common massage uh, types being used around the world. So you have like Norwegian massage, you have, um, I don't even know, my my Thai massage, like there's definitely, then you have like, you have so many different categories of massage, I should say. But the one thing here is, uh, it says massage therapy stimulates the release of endorphins, the body's natural painkillers, which is why it's so helpful in relieving pain. And so like with that, is there so much and like, different parts of your body actually are connected I've learned and one thing I found crazy is the lady who was doing my massage today she actually told me that a 60 minute massage offers the same benefits of a seven to eight hour um sleep seven to eight hour sleep for your body so it's not sleep is for your body and your brain but this massage actually rests your body enough as a seven to eight hour sleep just relaxing those muscles but there's your fact of the day. Um, but one thing I'm going to conclude this off with, I forgot um, here as I'm looking at my notes, is with Egyptian tomb paintings depicting people receiving massage therapy, it is believed that massage was one of the oldest forms of medical care known to man. And there's no for sure proof for this, but I just found that interesting because we always hear and see on TV these like paintings of... um like tomb paintings and hieroglyphics. And some of these actually have been composed, not composed or transcripted to actually show that massage and therapy and health and medical. And I think this is really important for us to realize is old ways actually are very beneficial in our life. And it comes to the Bible the same is just because the Bible was written years ago. It doesn't mean that it does not apply to our life today. As much as it applied to uh, people back when it was written, it applies to us just as much as in today's world. But That concludes today's message, and we will see you next time as we dive into our next series through the Book of Romans. Anyway, good night, everyone.